Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. On today's episode, Start Church CEO Nathan Camp will host Josh Robery. Josh is a ministry leader, author, and blogger who has helped train over 500 church planners to start new churches through the Association of Related Churches, where he oversees training and coaching. We hope you enjoy today's episode about planning a church during the pandemic. Well, Josh, thanks so much uh, for being with us. For those of you that are just listening, I got Josh Robery on today. He's with ARC, really seeing a, over, overseeing a lot of the training and, and bringing up new church leaders. Him and his wife, Amy, do a great job as sort of the day-to-day there uh, at the ARC. And Josh, thanks for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. No problem, Nathan. I always appreciate you and all you do for church planners and how you've helped us over the years. You've been doing this a lot longer than me. And uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying uh, the chance to hang out with you. Well, you know, I, I appreciate our, I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I, I feel like you're, you're giving opportunity for people to plant these life-giving churches. I think you're great at recognizing God's call on people's lives and then giving a framework in which they can live in. Uh, now, Josh, for those that are listening, it is February 18th, 2021. We are in the middle or maybe the tail end, hopefully, of a global hopefully. pandemic. And, and you and I, we live in church planting. Right. Every day we're talking with people that want to plant a church. And I want to dive right in there and get your insight. Um, first off, I, I, tell us real quickly who ARC is for those who maybe don't know. And then I want to talk to you about, ask you this question. What are the biggest challenges you're seeing right now? I mean, I know it's a lot, but what are the biggest challenges of planting a church in today's reality? So give us ARC and the biggest challenges. Yeah, so ARC is the Association of Related to Churches. Started with two church plants in 2001, Chris Hodges. Uh, started Church in the Highlands, and on the same day, Rick Bizet started New Life Church in Conway, Arkansas, and uh, those churches started with a, a gift and offering uh, from Greg Surratt, who's now our uh, our president, and he said, hey, we'll, we'll give you some money to start your church if you just do this one thing, promise to give it to somebody else uh, in return, and so uh, we've been doing that for 926 church plants uh, since 2001. Church planters, uh, we give them seed money to start churches. We give them training. Uh, relationships and resources, and we help uh, churches start with the model of a launch large model or start strong model. So we want to see people uh, have a big grand opening and be sustainable from day one and reach uh, reach their communities. You know, sometimes people hear that and think, well, ARC starts mega churches. We really don't. We want to start sustainable, life-giving churches in every community in the country That's awesome. so that people can have a, a, a place to come and hear the gospel. And uh, so my wife and I moved here in 2014. So we've been here for over 500 church plants, uh, helping um, helping in the church planter training uh, that whole time. And, and Nathan, you were there at my first day at ARC. You, you were doing a training in Boston. So we were there together. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's been a real joy and a pleasure. And, you know, there's been, church planting's always been a challenge uh, in, in two main areas, finding people, finding resources. And yeah. then the third, if, if I was to give one, would be finding a location. 
And the challenge that is shift now since March of last year is the fact that there's a pandemic and people can't gather. Social distancing um, has impacted churches just like it's impacted um, small businesses around the country. And so right now, church planners, uh, the, the main issue that they're having is they cannot get into locations. So traditionally in our model, uh, movie theaters, local movie theaters, and uh, schools are the main two places that people uh, start churches in. We, we encourage people to start portable so they can uh, start in a place that's well known to the community, familiar, and normally high schools, junior highs, you can say those locations without even giving the street address and people know where it is. And movie theaters are often where people already gather. And uh, so schools, they don't want to let anybody in because it's just a liability to them. It's not worth whatever income they could get from a church planner to open up uh, their school to the spread of a virus uh, even further. So uh, that's that's been shut down. And then uh, churches are having a hard time gathering with people. And, and uh, even when the restrictions, the local community restrictions aren't there, uh, there's people's perspective on masks, you know, and uh, that, that changes. So if you're a lot of people that want to gather, uh, are people who maybe are, are anti-maskers, you know, they, they want to get together with other people, but if they see you enforcing masks, then they'll get offended and they'll not gather. And then the people who are mask wearers that want to gather, if they go to your church and you're not enforcing mask wearing, they'll get offended and not gather. And so it's hitting church, the gathering people together thing is hitting church planners um, uh, from multiple angles. And so we're having to get creative on how to reach people right now and start new churches. So interesting too that some of those that that practical so the practical deal of not being able to meet together personally or not being able to find downshift for me a little bit. What does that do in the mind and the emotions of a pastor? There's got to be new things that they're feeling and thinking now than historically. What what is it like when you can't look eyeball to eyeball or you know all these new tensions that people are having to do? Like you said, mask. How are they feeling right now from a church planner standpoint? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's got to be the hardest time in the history of, you know, our country to be a pastor. And, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a disconnection that's happening relationally. You know, pastors are used to being able to communicate and see the feedback immediately. And uh, it's I think it's odd for them to, you know, present a message and online and not even know who it's impacting, who it's helping. They're not getting that feedback. And I think there's some communicators that that's their primary way of communicating you got teachers who you know they're going to teach the same thing no matter who's in the room right they're going to create that outline and it's going to go down and then there's preachers there's the more of the feelers and yeah. a lot of pastors are the feelers types and uh, they're not they're not getting that and then i think it's it's discouraging because they're getting hit uh, from all angles they're cut off relationally they're insecure about the financial future of their church's sustainability so there's there's two key points to uh you know just anybody's security being cut off but then they feel attacked because no matter what position they take on any hot topic, there's somebody who's going to find a scripture or a different perspective or uh, a, another notable person. And they're going to bring that up and say, see, you're wrong because of that. There's no one position a pastor can take today and even get a majority because there's not just two sides of things. There's there's four five, six perspectives yeah. on every issue. If you pick one, you're going to rule out the other four, the five. And uh, so I think pastors are, uh, emotionally drained more than ever. They're stressed out yeah. and it, it's, it's a difficult time. Do you hear more pastors and church planners talking about soul care, things that they're going to do to try to keep emotionally buoyant? I mean, I know I, I planted two churches. It's hard, right, Josh? I mean, it's hard. No matter who you plant with, mm -hmm. what you do, it's, it's hard. Add into that the grief, 
of what's happening in our world and these sort of things, how would you encourage church planners right now to be taking care of their own soul, their own emotions as they're, as they're heading into this? Yeah, there's uh, there has definitely been an emotional uh, toll that's taken a physical toll on pastors. Um, you know, I can think of two pastors uh, right now that that I know that have taken their lives in the past year, um, surprisingly, suddenly, you know, no warning type situations. And uh, and the thing that I saw before the pandemic is I is I think that there was already a shift in it becoming more acceptable to talk about your emotional health and soul care and getting those things taken care of. You know, our president, Greg Surratt, uh, he does something called the Pastors Collective, uh, very active in helping pastors stay emotionally healthy. They do a podcast that I listen to. It is phenomenal. They're always talking about soul care. Uh, they're providing retreats and connection. Um, I know pastors are getting in, in small groups right now, and I, I'm, I'm in a small group with pastors. In our group, it's the same thing that, uh, that a lot of these groups are doing, and that is they they are they make a commitment to each other for, you know, say a year, and they get together virtually through Zoom, uh, Google Hangout, FaceTime, whatever, and they talk about what's real uh, because it, you just can't have those relationships all the time yeah. in your city or in your church, but someone across the country you know, there's people that I don't see, but maybe once a year that I feel closer with the many people I live here because they're in that group. So we, yeah. we use uh, Marco Polo a lot. And uh, so that, I mean, they know what my bedroom looks like because I'm Marco Polo and them and, and they know, they see my wife in the background and yeah. we, and, and, you know, if you wait until there's a problem, oftentimes it's too late. You got to have people asking about your marriage, uh, your purity, your, your relationship with the Lord, your finances, uh, before you hit that and the, what we do in our group is we say this to be in this group uh you have you have to be willing to give everyone else in the group permission to ask you anything at any time wow. and if you have three people like that in your life that can ask you anything at any time you're going to be able to make it yeah that's so good so if you're an, if you're a church planter here you know part of the new reality is to, even more so than normal is taking care of your emotions your mental health that is a part of planting um, you know, one thing I do, we talk a lot about the heaviness of COVID and transition and racial tensions and all kinds of things, shifts in our, in our government. The, the truth is, though, the gospel is not chained. You know, the gospel is going forth. People are being called to plant the gospel and, and to bring the good news to different cities. Josh, that's required innovation, right? It's required people think differently. What are you seeing? You talk to a ton of church planners. What are some of the innovations that you're seeing on people to commissionally make this moment bear fruit for the kingdom. What are you seeing in an innovation standpoint? Yes. So, I mean, it's been the most innovative time uh, that I, since, since I've been in ministry, you know, uh, since, since about 2005. And, you know, I think I heard someone say years ago, it's kind of a funny saying, but I, you know, it's memorable for more than one reason, but he said, uh, date the model, marry the mission. You know, and you and I both dated models right before we got married. Our wives were, were basically models, you know, but date the model, marry the mission. And I think like right now, uh, church planners are being forced to kind of break up with the model of how they did church before, but stay married to the mission. And, you know, uh, we 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 have a pipeline of, of uh, coaches that help prepare planters for church planting. And what, what we do is, is when someone's launched a church 
and we see that they demonstrate the values of ARC of being life-giving, positive, uh, you know, Christ-like basically qualities and are also fruitful in their ministry. We asked them to be coaches and they uh, began training the next next group of pastors to, to plant churches with ARC. And in March of last year, what we saw was is we had a lot of our church planter coaches were not online for church at all. They had no online service, no experience doing that. And these are the people that we were entrusting to train the next generation of church planners. And I can't imagine today asking someone to coach a church planner without having experience or knowledge on how to do church digitally. And so I remember one church planner in particular, the week of, you know, uh, COVID being announced, he realized, you know, he, he cannot meet in his, he cannot meet with it in his school. He cannot gather with people. So he immediately went uh, to one of our uh, church planning resource partners, which, you know, I don't get anything for saying this are just great people, a portable church and got um, online uh, digital church equipment to broadcast his, his, his service online. And they immediately learned how to do church online and they did it like we would think they stood in front of the camera and they preached like they normally would. They had a band on the stage, they played, and then they gave a, a chance, an opportunity for people to respond uh, to yep. what God was doing in their heart, salvation or otherwise. And really that was the beginning of a shift where people are like, hold on a second. This is a new medium. We, not only do we need to be digital, but we can't just stand in front of the camera. And, and now we see church planners uh, doing very creative things. Like they're, instead of getting us, a location first or getting a studio first. A lot of our church planners are securing studio space. Wow. Uh, some church planners, what they do is, is that they'll make friends with the church in the area that may have more resources. And I know one church planner in Tennessee, two ARC church plants, one of the church plants rents a studio. He's been going since 2014 and financially sustainable. He rents the studio all day, but he only needs it for half a day. So he donates the other half to the church planner and that church planner goes in there and films two or three weeks worth of, of services at a time. And so that's one thing we see people doing is, is, is recording services uh, where they're not in, on a stage, they're doing them in advance so they can get uh, the worship um, sent off maybe a week ahead of time. And the, uh, one church planner, I know they, they'll film a whole worship set and then they'll immediately film another one. And then they send those two off to get the sound, um, you know, uh, engineered, yeah. you know, and then when it comes back and they're, someone's watching online, they're not hearing a guitar way off in the distance and a drum and it's not mixed properly. That's one of the reasons why we never did online before because it took too much commitment for someone to do that right and lock into the in-person right now they're not doing it in person. So it's like, you got to make that right. And so they're, they're uh, mixing the sound a week in advance. They're recording their messages a week in advance. And then uh, they're involved with the chat on Sunday morning. So they'll see the the services on Sunday morning and uh, they're, they're doing all kinds of um, innovative things to, to get their, their church service out there. They're not just putting it on their website, but there a lot of people are finding that Facebook and YouTube, just using those two platforms can be more valuable than using your own website. Um, so there's a lot of things. And of course, people are innovating on social media. You can't be with your church now like you once were. And yeah. so people are using social media throughout the week. And so uh, some people do Monday night hangouts. And so what they'll do is they'll go live with their spouse and they'll talk about something that maybe they, they wouldn't feel they could talk about on Sunday morning, maybe a little bit more of a hot topic issue. And uh, they'll bring in an expert, you know, they might bring in Nathan camp, you know, and uh, on a, on a topic and they'll answer questions. And what's happening is, is people are saying, pastors are telling me that their people are saying they've never felt more connected to them now. 
because they the pastors haven't opened our, their lives up to them more. And wow. uh, this one couple uh, in in Seattle, there in Bellevue, Washington, uh, Pradeepin and um, Amritha uh, Jiva, they they have done something very innovative. So there, the culture is not um, conducive for any type of church gathering right now because it's seen as uh, super spreader. So even if they follow all the restrictions of COVID and they go yeah. above and beyond, wear masks, do sanitize, the fact that they're gathering 50 people together, whatever it is, and singing, yeah. um, you know, the the culture in their area is the people will will find wow. out. And so they, instead of promoting their weekend services, they're promoting watch parties. So it's not a, they're not thinking, the people who are seeing it promoted on social media are not seeing it as something that they will attack. They say, oh, it's a watch party. That sounds safe, right? We're just watching the church service. Well, they're watching it together, you know, uh, following all the COVID-19 protocols. I hope I don't get them in trouble for talking about this on your podcast. But, you know, just so um, even in the climate, the cultural climate, people are being innovative. People are using technology to be innovative. And, uh, and then they're, they're innovating in how they connect outside of the, the Sunday worship experience with people. So are there any benefits to planting in chaos, any planting during this time? Are you seeing new skill sets arise in, in uh, church planners? Well, you know, a couple of things come to mind when you ask me that. Um, you know, the first thing that I think of is the book David and Goliath by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And basically, Malcolm, uh, I talk about him like he's my best friend, you know, like we're close. Malcolm, me and Malcolm, Malcolm hang out. Malcolm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gladwell, you know, uh, so Malcolm Gladwell talks about, uh, you know, in the book that basically Goliath never had a shot. Uh, he was big. He was immobile. He was the establishment. He was powerful. He was strong. He seemed impenetrable. But really the advantage was to David, who was, who was, who, who had to find a new way to defeat Goliath. And because he was nimble and small and he wasn't he, he wasn't stuck in the way that things have already been done, he was able to change quickly and adapt faster uh, than Goliath. And uh, and so we know supernaturally the Lord slayed Goliath. I don't want to I want to make sure I say that on on a podcast about, you know, when we talk about church planning. We know supernaturally God uh, you know gave David the ability, but also gave David and Israel that victory. Uh, but he uses that principle to go through the whole book. And I, and I think about church planners in general when I think about that. And then when I look at COVID-19, what I've seen is the most innovative ideas have come from church planners because they can change and they can move quickly. And so, um, you know, the second thing, and I'll come back to that in a second, but the second thing I think of is that I'm surprised that people are still planting churches. I got to be honest, you know, this might be shocking, you know, coming from uh, someone that, you know, my, my job is to, is to get people to plant churches and help them do that successfully. But I can, I cannot believe how many people are planting churches in a pandemic. We have just as many, I'd possibly 10, 15, 25% more people applying now to plant a church. Now we're not able to start them all in person like we'd like to because sure. they physically cannot. It's it's against yeah. the law, you know, yeah. or they they can they just cannot find a place that will let them meet anywhere, no matter how many doors they knock on because of the pandemic. So we're not able to start as many as apply, but we've never had so many apply. Uh, people are wanting to get out there, and I think part of it, what's happened is is uh, is is the pandemic does give opportunity for innovation. Yeah. So what I think is, and, and, um, and I, 
I've talked to people about this far. I think you and I've talked about this far. I think the pandemic has been an accelerator. So it's accelerated the, the use of technology and accelerated digital church, an area that church planners were already um, focused on more than traditional churches because of the need to recruit people. Do you think and that so, legitimized it? Do you feel like somehow the pen, you know, used to be people didn't go into that arena because it was like, oh, it's online, but now they're seeing real ministry fruit? You know, you said people are connecting to it more than connecting to their pastors more than ever. Do you feel like there's also been some sort of legitimizing to that, that it's worth time and money? Yeah, and I think I think it has. And I think one of the things that I always do is I, I look at um, uh, professional sports and um, enter- the entertainment industry. And when I look at what they're doing, they're they're doing their broadcast through zoom calls or whatever they're in they're, they're doing the same things that our pastors are doing so when you see a billion dollar industry using the exact same tools yeah and the exact same methods that a church planner uh is on a five thousand dollar budget compared to a billion dollar budget sure. and i gotta tell you they're doing it better in so many cases if you look at voo church down there rich wilkerson jr in miami they are innovating and they're doing things down there with their Sunday service using Zoom, uh, using they they use YouTube and Facebook. And it is so much better than what Jimmy Fallon is doing on the Tonight Show. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, it's affirming that it's accelerating that. And I think it, there's people that maybe had a different skill set before uh, all this you would have said, oh, he might make it as a church planner. And now he's the innovator. You know, there's yeah. uh, one guy in particular that comes to mind for me as uh, Neil Greathouse. They launched uh, Trademark Church in Columbus, Ohio. They yeah. cannot yeah. gather in person. Yeah. And you know, you know, Neil? Yeah, yeah. We partnered with them. We had the opportunity to, to work with them at Star Church. Yeah. So they are, I mean, uh, is that is a must follow for every church planner, every pastor that's that's listening to this is Trademark church it's trademark ohio and uh you know i'm a i'm a lsu tigers fan and uh he they're in columbus and one of the cheers for ohio state is o h um i o and so their website is trademark o h dot i o so just like the cheer and their social media is that as well so it's very memorable if you're in the area uh and i remember it because i love college football so much uh but you know, Neil was a production guy, right? He was he was the guy kind of making sure the, the the screens were going well at his church. Now he's he's at the tip of the spear of innovation yeah. and church planning, and uh, is my number one go to guy when I have questions about you know what does a church planner need to do right now because uh, his skill set lends itself to this environment. The right people, the right time. Every moment like this, God raises up the right men and women. Talk to me about the needs of the community. You know, part of, a, of the life of a church planner is going in and, and helping with the felt needs and helping meet the needs of the community. Are there any new needs that you're seeing or more consistent needs you're seeing right now in this time? Well, I mean, I think what we're realizing is the need for how valuable community is and how important it is to be able to connect with other people. And uh, that's been taken away and, uh, and, and, and we're feeling that, you know. Um, one of the ways that that we're helping church planners do that is is you got to do it in a safe way. And so there's a a, a couple uh, sayings that that I've kind of lived by. Um, and I'm gonna continue to drop names throughout this uh, podcast. Uh, JJ Vasquez said the new outreach is reaching out. And so 
the new outreach is reaching out. JJ Vasquez down in in uh, Winter Park, Florida said that. And I wrote that down and I said that that's really it. And so what we're seeing people do is starting with those who are on your staff, the pastor reaching out to those people and checking on them and yeah. saying, hey, how are you doing? How's your mental health? How's your emotional health? Are you okay? You know, are you making good decisions? You know, and then, and then, but not, not in a, not in a, uh, and I said good decisions, so, but really not in an accountability way, but in a caring way, in a passionate way, like taking care of them and then reaching out to your, your committed volunteers. Hey, how are you doing? And then having those people reach out to church members and reaching out and, and starting a ripple effect of reaching out and making phone calls and checking on people. That's another reason why people feel connected now more than ever, uh, even though they can't be connected it's because people are reaching out They're They're getting phone calls from their pastor for the first time ever. And I think we forget like how, you know, I grew up in the youth group days and the church days where you put out the connection card, people called you on your, your landline, you know, you'd come home and then you'd hit the voicemail button and they would tell you how many voicemails you got. And it would say so-and-so from the church. It's just calling to let you know we're praying for you. We don't do that anymore. It's so it, it's, even before before COVID, it was it was not personal. It was a text yeah. message. It was an email. So people are having to be more personal in that way. Uh, the other thing that I think about is what Aaron Burke says. That he's at Radiant Church um, in in Tampa, Florida, and he said something at the beginning of the pandemic that I also wrote down, and it's proven to be true. And that is, we have to give a high. We have to create a high touch experience in a low touch environment. Yeah. High touch experience in a low touch environment, and so. Uh, Aaron says that their church are huggers. You know, if you go to his church, you're going to get hugged a couple times before you find your seat, you know, and, uh, but now they can't do that. And so they've had to find different ways to take care of people. And, you know, I think there's tokens of appreciation that you can give people a written note, um, consideration, thoughtfulness, uh, when they're coming through the door that you, you plan and you've expected for their visit. You know, I think having a table, uh, with masks available, uh, if someone, uh, doesn't have their mask, having hand sanitizer at the door, um, spacing people out in your service, uh, re reminding them that, that you love them, giving them gifts. You know, I don't, I don't understand why more people don't give away t-shirts, hats, masks, with your branding on it. It's free advertisement everywhere they go. So it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you should be paying them to wear this stuff in front of all their friends. Right. Yeah. And so uh, those, those two phrases, I think, um, you know, uh, have really, you know, meant a lot to me for uh, meeting the new needs of the community. So you said something that stuck with me. You said, here we are, we're 2021, we're dealing with this whole pandemic, and you're seeing as many, if not more, people applying with the ARC to being uh, planters. There's a lot of people out there who are on pause, right? They're like, should I, shouldn't I, is now the right time? What's the one piece of advice you would give as an encouragement to those that are feeling the call of God, but they're unsure about planting during these days? What's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Yeah, you know, I think uh, some of the best advice you can have in life is realize that um, you can you can take a step towards what God's calling you to do today. Uh, that doesn't lead to it happening tomorrow, but it prepares you for when it eventually will. And, you know, what I mean by that is this, is that, you know, we get people sometimes that apply even too early to plant churches. That, and, uh, you know, they'll say, God told me to plant a church. I'm 23. I've been a youth pastor for one year out of college. I'm ready to go. I got a hundred people on Instagram that follow me. And we're like, Hey, we believe God called you to plant a church, but it, could it be that that's down the road? Yeah. And so what I, I think like right now, it's okay to take a step. 
you know, I think taking a step with ARC doesn't commit you to anything with us. Yep. It doesn't commit you to planning a church even within the year. But what we do is we provide an opportunity for people to discover if church planning is for them and if ARC's a, a fit for them on our website. You can go in and we have church planner stories on there where you can hear the stories of other church planners. Uh, we provide the first part of our training for free. Uh, the Essentials of Church Planning by Chris Hodges, uh, who is our first uh, church planner along with Rick Bizet. And uh, that's free. So you can go in there and watch those videos with your spouse. Think about it uh, and begin to process it. And then the, the other basic things that I would do if I was concerned planning church is I would ask myself, uh, do I have trusted voices in my life that could walk me through this process? Yeah. It may not be the, the the exact person that you work for right now, but is there someone that I can bounce this idea of church planning off of and they can tell me if I've lost my mind or not? And you're going to need those people to walk through all that you do in church planning. And then after that, I would say to look at the things that we evaluate in church planners. Are you having the opportunity to grow ministry right now? Are you having the opportunity to speak? Are you having the opportunity to develop leaders? And, and are you having the opportunity to build teams? Those are the four things that you're going to need uh, to plan a church. And then have you been able to do that consistency, consistently, um, consistently, I don't know what that is, but consistently over the span of years, one, two years is really not enough for senior leadership. And so sometimes someone's growing as a leader and the, the trajectory is there, but it doesn't mean it's the next step. We right. want you to help you take the next best step. So look at those four things. Make sure you have trusted people in your life. And then I follow some church planners on social media. And uh, if there's someone in your area that's a church planner, I would take them out to lunch and ask some questions. That's and of course, reach out to me. I'd love to help you. Well, that, that's a good way for us to end here. For those that don't know about ARC, give me, give me an elevator pitch on ARC, who, who we are. Because some people, how do they know if they're a good fit for the ARC model? And then Josh, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, if you want to find out more about planning a church with ARC, you can go to arcchurches.com, find us on social media at ARC Churches, and uh, what, you can click start a church, and we will give you all the information you need. Uh, the four things that we really provide for church planners is we provide you training, assessment, which is feedback on your readiness, we provide coaching, and then resources that include relationship, uh, you know, literal resources to physically help you plant your church. And then we provide money. So we, we give every church planner that qualifies, meaning that they uh, meet our milestones. We give them $50,000 to start a new church uh, with the only ask they do the same, that over the course of the life of their church, they reinvest that in another church planner. And then the first year, if you have problems uh, meeting your budget, we'll give you another $20,000 to help you meet your budget. Uh, the good thing about our financial model, I always like to tell people this, is that when we ask people to reinvest, none of that goes to my salary or, or, or our overhead. That's all covered by other ministries. It goes right to the hands of a church planner. So even if today if someone's listening to this and wants to give to ARC, 100% of that would go into the hands of a church planner. So we'd love to help you. Uh, you could go to our website, click start a church. We'll schedule a phone call with you and help you out. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you, uh, you can find me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm pretty active at Josh Robery and uh, would love to help you out any way I can. Josh, thanks for joining us today. This is gold. Uh, for those of you that are church planters, you're considering planting a church, I highly encourage you to check out ARC. Uh, they're a great model planting great churches. Josh, thanks so much for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To keep in touch with Josh Robery and all he's doing, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Josh Robery. As always, thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, and we look forward to you joining us again next week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 
1-800-242-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.